Lecture 5. The Wisdom of Confucianism The Hard Methods of the Circle World and the Rule of the Game Here are some lines quoted from the movie Lucy. As soon as life started in the universe, they started choosing. Be immortal or reproduce. If its habitat is not sufficiently favorable or nurturing, the cell will choose immortality. If the habitat is favorable, they will choose to reproduce. Please pay attention to the word immortality, which is a description of a state of high dimensional energy in four-dimensional space, where time is a variant element. In our three-dimensional world, time is a constant element measured and determined by the frequency of oscillation of codes at the Royal Greenwich Observatory. Every second and every minute is calculated this way. When time becomes a variant element, there is no beginning and there is no end. In other words, in the fourth dimensional space, there is a cycle of mortality. This is an important concept. When the environment is not suitable for a being, it will strive to improve and lift its level vertically. A breakthrough from the three-dimensional world to the four-dimensional space is achieved in the form of immortality. Two elements of great importance are embedded in traditional Chinese culture. The first element is internal a vertical lift of freedom of consciousness energy, a lift in the level of dimensions. The ultimate goal is to achieve the nth dimension and approaches infinity. This is the level of complete enlightenment. The second element is a horizontal distribution of energy. The reproduction of a balanced, harmonious energy existence in the three-dimensional world. The vertical or hidden element is reflected by the former heaven trigram, Xian Tian Ba Gua, which deals with the concepts of time and space, as well as immortality, as its main description and aim. Vertical improvement is its form of progression. The latter heaven trigram, Hou Tian Ba Gua, of the Zhou Yi, describes a state of harmonious oscillation of energy in the three-dimensional world, a balanced and harmonious existence of energies, namely, consciousness energy and material energy. The Confucians claim, one could rule the world using half of the analects of Confucius. The first half of the book teaches us complete enlightenment. In contrast, the second half teaches us to achieve harmony between the external and internal of our body only in this limited, material, three-dimensional world. These are the two important elements in the wisdom of Confucianism. On the surface, we can take them as the rules of the game in our three-dimensional world. 
these are the moderate and reasonable rules, which are in accordance with the distribution of relatively harmonious energies. The backbone of these rules is enlightenment, which satisfies the ultimate purpose of life. In discussing the purpose of life, we often hear this. The purpose of life is in the improvement of the level of freedom of consciousness energy, namely, the level of dimensions, with the ultimate goal being immortality. The root of traditional Chinese culture is Tao and De, morality, Tao De, commonly understood as virtue and a person's noble character. Morality comes from the wisdom of Taoism, and it reflects the inner relationship of time and space. Tao is the n-dimensional space, and approaches infinity, while De is the presence of the levels of freedom of energies from the n minus one dimensions to the fourth dimension. This is based on the saying. When Tao is lost, the remains. This is also the reason we say that the root of traditional Chinese culture is Tao and the. The ultimate goal of this culture is to improve the level of freedom of consciousness energy, to be one with Tao, by achieving the full and complete state of wisdom in the nth dimension, and approaches infinity. In mathematics, three to infinity equals zero. Four to infinity equals zero. Any actual figure to infinity equals zero. Only when the level is improved to the nth dimension, and approaches infinity, could it be said that it is in unity with Tao. This is also called heaven and man integrated as one. This level is called the illustrious virtue. Here, I'd like to introduce the second concept in this lecture. In Confucianism, there is an essential classic scripture, the Great Learning, Da Xue, which at the very beginning says, "The way of the Great Learning is to illustrate illustrious virtue, to renew the people." And only to rest upon the highest excellency. Great learning is a subject for the great noble person. For the cultivation of thorough and complete knowledge in life, it guides the directions of the achievement of wisdom in us. The illustrious virtue, as mentioned before, is the purpose of the great learning. To achieve universal wisdom in the nth dimension, and approaches infinity, a state of full and complete enlightenment. To illustrate is to lift and raise the level of freedom of consciousness energy. In Buddhist terms, it is called breaking the ignorance. What is ignorance? It is the obstacle to our understanding. To break, or to illustrate, the ignorance is to break the obstacle to perceptions. 
this process is the process of achieving enlightenment therefore the purpose of the great learning is to ultimately become enlightened with the truth of the universe the next part of the great learning is to renew its people one of the usual interpretations of the renewal is to mix well with people a kind of empathy a kind of energy actually in my opinion this renewal reflects a relationship of energy projection that is the images of all beings being projected into the three-dimensional world i have mentioned before the concept of one thought is one being when the images of the beings are projected into the three-dimensional world the term people is being used to reflect the images what exactly is to renew its people in my opinion it is to achieve unity between the projection source and projected image this enable us to directly observe in the three-dimensional world to detect our perceptions as our perceptions determine the images projected this ultimately is the unity of the interior and the exterior in other words all things appearing in the external world are the projection of our internal perceptions known as karma in buddhism therefore the way of the great learning is to constantly break through our limitation of perceptions and to achieve the unity of the interior and the exterior during this process we examine and break through our perceptions and we raise the level of freedom internally unifying with tao at the highest level next comes the test only to rest upon the highest excellence this highest excellence is the highest level of wisdom in the nth dimension of the universe the significance of the saying the way of the great learning is to illustrate illustrious virtue to renew the people and only to rest upon the highest excellence is that it always talks about the current moment the notion of the past or the future is the knowledge of the three-dimensional world only the current moment can enable one to improve oneself to achieve higher levels even the nth dimensional space n approaches infinity and to be guided vertically to a higher level of freedom in consciousness energy i like to describe the scientific backdrop of this definition the single dimension is a line no matter how we try to describe it it would not present any aesthetic beauty the two dimensional world is a plane on which we could paint a beautiful picture n times more beautiful than a single line the three-dimensional world is n times more beautiful than a two-dimensional plane through this 
we could conclude that with an increase of one dimension and times more beauty could be achieved than that in a lower dimensional world when we enter the fourth dimensional world we perceive things more beautiful than anything in the three-dimensional world hence we name the fourth dimensional world heaven in my opinion the level of heaven is described as the in Taoism and as illustrious virtue in the Greek learning. The purpose of life is to continuously manifest illustrious virtue, expanding the dimension of consciousness energy. When explaining his view on the purpose of life, Mr. Inamori Kazuo from Japan said, My wish for when the end of life approaches, is to have raised my soul into something, even just a little purer than it was at the time of my birth. The soul is what I refer to as high-dimensional consciousness energy. The level of the soul refers to its height, its dimension. Mr. Inamori Kazuo founded two companies, which became top 500 companies, and he rescued Japan Airlines. He also invented the amoeba operating methods and founded Sebazuku, a private management school. When talking about the purpose of life, however, Mr. Inamori Kazuo didn't mention his achievements. He merely said, My wish for when the end of life approaches is to have raised my soul into something even just a little purer than it was at the time of my birth. He is telling us that the purpose of life is to raise our level of freedom beyond the boundaries of the third dimension. This practice is related to all points of space and time that we are in at any given moment. No matter what the nature of things we are dealing with, career, love, and relationships, money, or our physical body, we must bear in mind that all we do is done for the purpose of raising the level of freedom in our consciousness energy. If we don't understand this layer of the problem, we find our life meaningless and without direction. If we study and follow the wisdom of Confucianism, using it for guidance, but not understanding its true essence, we'll be following the code of conduct on a superficial level in real-life situations. It would be a pity to have missed the true accents of Confucianism, the jewel of traditional Chinese culture, as it is not only setting out the code of conduct in the three-dimensional world, let alone merely being used, as some have claimed, by rulers to control their people. The accents of Confucianism is a cultivation method which enables everyone 
the chance of enlightenment in the three-dimensional world to cultivate the mind and to improve the level of freedom of consciousness energy. There is another important accent of Confucianism. This accent, on the inside, is linked directly to the highest level of wisdom. On the outside, it is presented as the rule of the game in reality. We call it to rely on the false to cultivate the true. The images in the n-dimensional space and approaches infinity are being projected dimension by dimension into the lower dimensions. And the projected images are what I call the false images. The higher the dimension, the closer it is to the truth. The nth dimension is the genuine truth. When people say, there is only one truth, it is literally quite right. When in the nth dimensional space, all systems, all wisdoms are integrated as one, they appear as the one and only truth. The wisdom in Confucianism utilizes the projected managers and tries to lead practitioners to understand the information in the projection source, hoping to achieve ultimate truth at the highest level. This is the level of illustrating illustrious virtue until one reaches the highest level. All is done because one could rely on the force to cultivate what is true. Now comes the question, where does the force come from? In my previous lectures, I have mentioned Zhou Yi, which reflects the energy distribution in the three-dimensional world. It is also a description from enlightenment to daily lives. The ultimate purpose of human existence is enlightenment not just for the continuation of our species. In real life, human beings often take existence in the three-dimensional world as the purpose and aim of life. This is wrong. The purpose of life is inner vertical improvement. Three-dimensional existence is only one of the basic conditions for this vertical improvement. It is only when there is a highly harmonious distribution of consciousness energy and material energy that vertical improvement becomes possible. In other words, mind-body integration must be achieved in the three-dimensional world. If the three-dimensional world is not in harmony internally and externally, and the internal and external are not unified, not integrated, there would never be improvement. It is futile to talk about the improvement of inner wisdom. This is what I refer to as the rule of the game in reality in the wisdom of Confucianism, which enables us to maintain a state of harmony in life. Due to the lack of this harmony, we often find entanglement in the lower dimensional energies. Such entanglement restricts us and keeps us 
in the restricted world of three-dimensional knowledge. Only when we are able to enter a harmonious state of space energy, and when there is harmony between the consciousness energy and material energy in the current moment, will we be able to rid ourselves of the entanglement of the lower dimensional energies, disentangling our consciousness from it. This is what Confucian thought has done, regulated thought to guide the code of conduct for people who are living in the three-dimensional world. Failing to understand the significance of the guiding principles of the Confucian code of conduct, one might form a view that such code is a restriction on human behavior and on freedom. It is not. Materialistic attachment has turned the life of human beings into a state of hypermaterialism. Our consciousness is becoming more and more complex with the increase of our desires and greed for more. Such complexity cannot guide us back to our original harmonious state of energy. We all know the word man-made is the opposite of the word natural when we are engaged in more and more man-made things. We are farther and farther away from the way of nature. In Chinese, when the two characters, man and maid, are combined, it becomes false or fake. This means the man-made things in our daily lives are all relatively false. If this relative force is in a form of simple energy, it would be easier for us to detect the truth behind it if it is reflected in a complex form of energy, we often become trapped by the state of complexity and cannot see through to the truth. For example, when we spend too much time dealing with human relations, with negative personal moods and all sorts of conflicts and entanglements, we find it hard to keep calm in our inner self and cannot ready the conditions for high-dimensional experiments. Therefore, the false elements in Confucianism, or the so-called rules of the game, are for the purpose of simplifying our lives and the relations in our lives. When relations are simplified, the purpose of life boils down to improving the level of one's inner wisdom. As a consequence, after sorting out the relations in life, each person has a chance to achieve enlightenment in their lifetime. We are all provided with the opportunity to tackle problems in life and achieve inner improvement with actual problems solved. In 2015, when I was having a discussion on Confucianism with some scholars, I felt suddenly enlightened. I understood why Confucius wanted to restore Zhou Yi the adequate of the Zhou dynasty. The Zhou Yi is the turning point away from the understanding of the former heaven system to the latter heaven system, specifically with regard to the theory of production, harmony, and existence. In other words, the people before this turning point regarded enlightenment as their purpose of life. After that, 
people only regarded a code of conduct a specific way of living based on harmony and rules in the three-dimensional world the rules are the zhou li from that time to the warring states period in chinese history people drifted more and more away from the social norms of the zhou dynasty that's why confucius wanted very much to restore them to resume the rule of games which guided people to enlightenment when confucius said that at thirty i took my stand at forty i came to be free from doubts at fifty i understood my heavenly mandate at sixty my ear was attuned he was describing the process of human development and improvement in life of course what he said before that was even more important at fifteen i set my heart on learning this is to say a person should set his goal and make a great vow of achieving enlightenment at the age of fifteen in the space we are in today the most crucial thing in the heart method is faith the faith in the self-sufficiency of all things and that each mass point in the universe contains the information of the entire universe also the faith that any being in the universe innately owns all wisdom hence the saying faith is the source of morality and virtues only with faith are we equipped with the prerequisite for connection with complete wisdom without such faith we cannot establish the link with wisdom the next important point after faith is a vow we need to have a clear goal in life and the power generated by a vow is the driving force for all things we may have experienced things when we were little and we were terrified or extremely puzzled when we grew up and look back at those things they seemed so trivial and we often laughed at our naivety this is also true when we climb a mountain in the beginning we'd be worried even by the height of a small hill however after conquering that and after climbing to the top of an even higher mountain the fear we had at the foot of the small mountain seems like nothing even laughable the great poet du fu from the tang dynasty wrote his famous verse when reaching the great peak we hold all mountains in a single glance on the other hand even if we set our goal to just climb the small mountain in front of us we may still feel the journey to be too long and eventually we may not even get there only when we set our goal to reach the highest peaks will we easily pass those lower mountains swiftly and gracefully because the vow gives us a great inner power to move forward this is the importance of a vow confucius set his goal at the age of fifteen and he succeeded with a great vow and the power generated by it it would be hard for one not to succeed with a great vow we would have more chances of succeeding 
Confucius had told us of his progress and enlightenment in our three-dimensional world. Let's go through them again. The master said, At fifteen, I set my heart on learning. This is his vow. At thirty, I took my stand. After fifteen years of practice, he would have mastered the rules of the game. At forty, I came to be free from doubts. Again, after ten years, he found himself at great ease in the world. At fifty, I understood my heavenly mandate. This is because he knew his great task for this life. At sixty, my ear was attuned. Past kindnesses and resentments have nothing to do with him anymore. He had transcended obstacles and limitations of perceptions in the three-dimensional world and had achieved a state of throughness in life. Therefore, what Confucius had done throughout his life is like a teacher writing down one's personal growth in life on the blackboard for all of us. In the past 2,000 years, people have faced and solved life questions in their own way. In the time and space which we are in right now, the exam questions that each of us are facing are quite different compared to the sample questions that past teachers have shown. To some extent, most exam questions are more complicated since they are rooted in the current situation of time and space. We need to apply the accents of past example questions into our current exam. If we are not familiar with the accents of Confucianism, we cannot give an appropriate answer to this problem of life. Let me explain it this way. If we are only following the old methods and the formulas of the past, and only intimate what our teachers had done in the past, we may not be able to pass the exam of current life. There is another layer of complexity here. All things in the long history experienced by people in the past, the people, the past, the matters they dealt with, could be handled by a modern person in one month. 2,000 years ago, Jesus explained some problem-solving issues to the world. Buddha Sakyamuni and Lao Tzu did the same. These issues would reappear in today's thoughts in a certain way, and we are now faced with a multiple operating mass problems. Therefore, we must try to find the commonality among these thoughts and respect their differences. These commonalities in our ancestors' wisdom can solve complicated situations based on current time and space. It would enable us to make use of current conditions to better achieve significant improvement. This is the application of Confucian wisdom. We must not merely imitate the form or the superficial part of the code of conduct. We must understand its accents as it will assist us in our enlightenment and help us understand our inner development's prerequisite. Therefore, I say Confucianism is full of in-depth wisdom, and its application is broad. It is consistent with the wisdom in Buddhism, Taoism, and Christianity, 
Confucian wisdom was developed for people in the three-dimensional world, and it does not emphasize the higher-dimensional space. It only mentions the high-level insight when mentioning the illustrious virtue in great learning. This is only a guide for practice in our three-dimensional world, and the core message is to rely on the force to cultivate the truth. Therefore, Confucius said, "Attend ghosts and spirits in all, but respectfully distance them." This saying is consistent with what is being preached in Christianity, as they both do not emphasize the relationship between high-dimensional energy. And spiritual energy, they both address human beings in the three-dimensional world. However, Confucius mentioned that the goal is to illustrate illustrious virtue. He pointed out the relationship between the third dimension and the nth dimension. The nth dimension, n approaches infinity, is the purpose of our ultimate goal in life. Through these clarifications, we will have a correct understanding of Confucianism, whose accent is to invoke the innate wisdom in all human beings. All such forms and images are for this purpose. If we are restricted only to superficial images, we cannot be inspired by Confucianism's true wisdom.